For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back for another episode of the Believe in Lions podcast coming off a victory. Another victory edition for us and a man who got many victories for the Detroit Lions in his day, sometimes sealing them, sometimes just performing so well throughout the game that he clinched them early. Glover Quinn Jr. What's up, man? What feeling, is up? Feeling good. Feeling good. It It's going to be a great week because when everything just clicks all Sunday, this was, I think this was the best game from start to finish that the Lions have had, and that just sets you up for a beautiful week. Oh, yeah, it's by far their best overall game. Offense, defense, special teams, by far the overall game, best game that they've had all year. And, you know, it culminated with a win. They didn't, they didn't do a lot of things to hurt themselves offensively. They didn't give up a lot of big plays to hurt themselves defensively. Didn't have a lot of special teams, penalties, and mistakes to hurt themselves. And they played solid enough. They made, you know, the Giants turn the ball over. And that was ultimately it was a three-score win, two-score win. Maybe Well, I guess three-score, right? 31-18. That's 11. So, I guess it's two scores. Um, but, um, yeah, three turnovers, two or three turnovers. That's, that's what it's going to turn into. It was just the defense was clicking. The offense was clicking. Special teams played solid enough, too. There was nothing to point your finger at there, even though it didn't stand out. Sometimes it's a good thing when your special teams don't stand out. So Lions defense, one of the better games they've had. And the reason that the Giants have got to this point, that they are in playoff contention, is because they haven't turned the ball over at all. Daniel Jones, two interceptions today. Another one to Aiden Hutchinson. He's making plays. He is getting hot. Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, hockey, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. I mean, the good thing about it, I mean, he's catching the ball, right? He he he's shown that he has the ability to catch the ball, and he's been catching both of his picks. He's caught with his hands, so he trusts his hands. He's got big hands, obviously the D lineman, big guy, 
Um, but he's catching the ball, so that helps. And that, those are just plays. You know, those are plays that you make, and they affect the game. They they are big-time plays, especially getting turnovers. And when you get turnovers in, in, in situations where you put your offense in good field position, right, you take the ball away from the other team, and you give your chance, your team the chance to score on a short field. So it just changed the momentum. And that's what that's what they need from him. So, you know, yeah, you're a D lineman and you feel like getting sacks is the only way you can affect the game or getting hurries and pressures and tackles for losses. But being able to drop and be athletic enough to drop and catch a ball like that, that's that's huge for them. And so to 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 do that and you know, three weeks in a row he's caught a pick, he's affected one and you know, led to a pick six and come back and catch another pick. I mean, that's huge for the defense. And you see these last three or four games, these last three games for sure, the Lions have had more turnovers in these last three games than they had in the first eight or seven games combined. You know what I'm saying? We've seen Kirby Joseph have a two-interception game. He comes back has another game interception today. We've seen Aiden Hutchinson catch two picks over these last three weeks. We've seen Jeff Okuda catch a pick. We've seen Aiden Hutchinson get on another fumble today. We've seen Jeff Okuda rip out a ball uh, against who that was that was playing, and he ripped the ball out, and they tried to get it on the sideline, and he missed it. Might have been the, whoever it was. No, it was a, it was a home game. The last home game. Dolphins? Um, Might have been the Dolphins, right? Um, So we've seen them these last three weeks. They've really been – you know, it might have been against the Packers. I think you're right. I think you're right. Against the Packers. Um. Uh, but we've seen this last three, these last three home games, or well, these last three games, period, they've been very much, you know, ball hungry, turnovers, playing opportunistic, and not hurting themselves offensively. And they've gotten three wins. It's really beautiful to see. You mentioned the fumble recovery from Aiden Hutchinson, rips it away from the wide receiver. And what kind of impressed me the most from Aiden today was he is so much better on contain on the rollout than he used to be. Sometimes he still crashes in a bit too hard, but he's got the athleticism and is now taking the angles to cut it off and make sure the QB is not just escaping and still getting a pressure on the run. That's something we didn't see before. And something else on the defensive line was nose tackle Aleem McNeil, his best game of the year. First sack of the year, he had four QB hits, three tackles for loss, when a nose tackle starts affecting the game like that, that's a good thing because he's right at the pivot. Oh, yeah. He he did a phenomenal job today, especially on first down, stopping Saquon Barkley, right? The Lions did a great job of stacking the box, playing man coverage, not really respecting or fearing any of the Giants wide receivers, right? So when you don't fear the receivers and you got a talent like Saquon Barkley, we're going to challenge our corners. We're going to challenge our secondary. Hey, you guys are going to have to man up and cover these guys so that we can stop Saquon Barkley. We can't let him get going. We can't let him get a feel for the game. We got to make sure that we stop him. And doesn't matter if we got eight guys in the box. D lineman, we need you guys to get off the ball and put a stop to the run game. And McNeil was phenomenal doing that, getting off blocks, stopping Saquon before he can get started. And Saquon was a non-factor in the entire game, and that puts more pressure on Daniel Jones. That put more pressure on the wide receivers, and the Lions were able to get the better, 
you know, of that matchup. And a lot of it has to do with stacking the run and stopping Saquon Barkley. And McNeil did a great job of, of, of being a leader in that regard. 1.5 yards per carry from Saquon Barkley. 15 carries, 22 yards, two receptions, and only 13 yards. So that's 35 yards on the day from Saquon Barkley. We talked about it, how even if Saquon is not killing him against the run, he's probably going to be very involved in the passing game. And he wasn't. And that really killed the Giants. Yeah, I didn't really see the Giants try to get him involved in the run game. I mean, in the pass game as much, really. Like, I didn't really see them do a lot in the run game. I mean, in the pass game to try to get Saquon the ball. They were stopping him. They were stopping him, you know, on first down in the run. And, you know, Daniel Jones running the ball was really their best offense. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, they caught a couple of passes, but I feel like you you expect that. They're going to make some plays, crossing routes. They're playing a lot of man-to-man coverage and, you know, things like that. But I didn't really see them do a lot. I don't really, I didn't really see a lot of screen passes to Saquon Barkley. I didn't see a lot of things where they tried to get him the ball in the pass game. So I don't know what was up with that. But, hey, man, for the Lions, great job. They Whatever they thought going into the game didn't work, and you guys did a great job of stopping him in the run game and putting pressure on him. And like I said, when you can stop him early in the game, but then your offense can couple that up with points, right? When you go up 17-6, to now it takes him out of the game from a run standpoint because we need scores. We need points. And now you become one-dimensional. You're not even really running the ball, so we're not even really respecting that. And when they went to the pass, Lions secondary was pretty much all around, had solid games, even after losing Jeff Akuda early in the game to a concussion. Get well soon, Jeff. We hope you're back soon. But Will Harris in the slot, he does his best Jeff Akuda impression, leads the team with eight tackles, forces that fumble that Aiden Hutchinson recovers. And Harris, he's had a long journey to get here. He was drafted as a safety by Bob Quinn the year after you retired, and it did not work out at safety. They move him to corner, play, loses the outside job in training camp, and now kind of seems like he's found a home in the slot, which has been nice to see and a great game today. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's, that's, that's very rare that you see that, right? Yeah. You very rarely see guys go from safety to corner. It's usually a lot the other of times, isn't it? Right. A lot of times you see guys that are corners, so they have coverage ability, they have ball skills, and they are a little physical, right? But they're not, you know, fast enough, quick enough, they, those type of things to be able to compete consistently at the corner spot. But you can move them to safety. You know, it's very rare that you draft somebody as a safety and say, okay, well, he covers too good as a safety, and he don't like to tackle as a safety, so we're going to move him to corner. You know what I'm saying? Like, very rarely does that happen where you get drafted as a safety and move to corner. But, you know, this game, the receivers that they were going against, the role that he had to play, he played it perfectly. He's a physical guy. Obviously, he's a safety, so he likes to tackle. Um, You see him hitting guys almost out of bounds sometimes, right? But that's his that's his game and you know when it works out it works out I, I don't know if we can feel confident hopefully Jeff Okuda is back it's, just, it's tough because it's a short week with the Thanksgiving Day game it'd be very difficult for him to get cleared um 
to be able to play on Thanksgiving. So I don't think Will Harris is a guy that you feel confident going out and playing 65 snaps against Stefan Diggs on, on, on Thanksgiving Day. But the receivers that they were playing against today, the conditions that they were playing in, being cold, being outside, that fits into his game style. And he was able to be effective today. And like you said, coming up with a big hit, forcing a fumble, and Aiden Hutchinson being Johnny on the spot, getting that ball. That's a huge play. I didn't even think of that with I'm it's like you always say, you're focused on today, the game today, and we're so focused on that. Didn't even put it together. That's a short turnaround for Jeff Akuda to return against the Buffalo Bills. So it might be Harris starting opposite Mike Hughes in those two cornerback sets, or maybe they keep him at slot, hopefully, because that's where he's better at. Jerry Jacobs. Ah, just Thinking about this, that's not exciting, but we'll talk about that later as we get to that game. But rest of the secondary, Kirby Joseph, interception, rebounds from a tough game last week. Deshaun Elliott ties with the team high, eight tackles. So I was happy with what we saw. They did give up a lot of yards, though, to rookie Wandale Robinson, 104 yards on nine catches and a carry. He really impressed me, though. He was kind of jittery, bouncy, electric, just... Tough to tackle. Yeah, but those things don't kill you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, him making those plays every now and then, getting 10 yards here, 12 yards there, and then, you know, you you put a stop to it or you you turn the ball over. Like, you look at the score sheet and you see that one guy's a rookie, had 100 yards, but Saquon Barkley had 35 total yards. Kenny Galladay was a non-factor. No, like you you say, okay, that's fine. Good, good job. He had a decent day. But you look at that stat sheet and it's like, all right, we if he's the one leading the team with 104 yards, we're going to win a lot of games. And they're not going to win a lot of games. So I don't think that's an issue going forward. I don't think they sit there and spend time worrying about that. Like I said, the goal was to go in and stop Saquon Barkley. So, yeah, we're gonna he's going to have some favorable matchups. And he won a couple of them, got a little bit in space here and there. But they they kept the big plays off of them for the most part. And he shut everybody else down. It's okay if he has 100 yards. Absolutely. I just wanted to give credit to an impressive-looking rookie. But that, as you said, doesn't change the game. You can live with that. Just like the Lions, you look at the stat sheet and Jamal Williams, again, he averaged under four yards per carry somewhere in the low threes. But 17 carries for 64 yards and three touchdowns. That's a first down every time you hand Jamal Williams. If you give him the ball four times, that's a first down and three TDs. So Jamal, he now leads the NFL with 11 touchdowns. This is his fifth multi-touchdown game this season and the first three TD game of his career. You saw it in training camp. He was scoring a lot of touchdowns and he was talking to the defense. Right. I saw it in training camp and I went out there for those two days. That's what he was doing. And I left there feeling like, man, if I was on that defense, I would have had to have said, OK, I'm going to have to thud this guy up and hit him in practice because he's not going to just run through our defense like that. From a team standpoint, you love the fact that you got a back that takes pride in getting into the end zone when he's inside the five yard line. He takes pride and getting that first down when his number is called on third and one or two, right? You love that from a def- from a team standpoint. But from a defense, when we're in practice, we can't let a guy 
run through our defense and score touchdowns. So it would have been a battle in practice knowing that on Sunday we're going to be on the same team and it's going to work out for the good. But I saw him scoring touchdowns and talking like that in training camp, and so it doesn't surprise me that when he gets in the game and he gets inside the five, he smells blood and he gets into the end zone. When it's third and short, one or two, he smells blood and he goes and he gets that first down. So, yeah, he only had 17 carries for 63 yards. But when you look at those 63 yards and 17 carries, it's keeping the clock moving. It's getting three or four down yards here. So that's when you look up and instead of it being second and nine, you got second and six, right? That's a totally different ball game for the offense because now they only need two plays to get six yards, right? That's not a lot in their books because you can hand it off to them again and get another two or three yards. And now you're in third and three or two or three or two to four as opposed to third and eight or nine. So that's controlling the game. And I get it. He's going to be leading in touchdowns because he's getting the ball in those situations. And he's probably not going to be considered a top running back because he don't have as many yards. So, Jamal, we need you to break out in the next six weeks and have a couple 150, 200-yard games. That way you can get up over 1,000 and get the credit that you deserve for being a top running back with yards and touchdowns and not just be seen as a, you know, short yardage down back. But nonetheless, the Lions fans appreciate that getting in the end zone whether it's from the two-yard line or from the 50-yard line, we want to see points, and you're putting points on the board. So congratulations to you on a big three-touchdown day. And really, he probably could have had four, but instead they put DeAndre Swift on the goal line on that final drive, get him a TD. Only five carries, catches all three of his targets, so that's only eight touches for Swift, but 32 yards in a TD, and... They really didn't need him to do more. Of course, it would have been nice, but just the way the game planned out, there was no need to force Swift into more touches. And that's fine with me. Exactly. If you can win the game, that that, that gives him another week of, kind. I want to say rest, but injury-free. So he gets another week to be healthy. He's playing, so he's getting his timing. He's getting his carries. He's getting catches. That just that just sets up for them to be better down the stretch, right? Because they're using Swift more as a slot wide receiver kind of. Him and Khalif Raymond are kind of playing the same role. I mean, they're not running as many digs and crossing routes, but I see Swift lining up more as a wide receiver than I see him almost lining up as a running back. And that's fine with me too, right? You can get mismatches and you can use his skill set. So I think if you didn't need to use him to to run between the tackles and bang up his shoulders and stuff like that, and you can give him another week, then do that. It's only going to help you down the stretch because right now the lines are four and six or seven, whatever they are. Um, and as we know, the NFC picture is a cloudy picture. Any and everybody almost is still in it some way or another, right? So with, what, six games left, seven games left, however many they have left, you just never know. It's almost like active rehabilitation for DeAndre Swift, Mm -hmm. and I'm completely okay with that. Same with DJ Chark. He only had Mm -hmm. one target on the day, and it was an 
awful, awful. target. I awful. texted you, ugh. I was just, and you were, your response was, well, no, it's a good drive because we were talking about the clock management, and it's like, no, that in, that should have been an interception, and that was beyond ugly. But I'm not okay with the throw. I'm okay with DJ Chark not getting force fed. I mean, honestly, you know, if he would have caught the interception, it would have worked out better. True. Because I think that was the drive where he didn't catch the interception. They end up punting from like the 40 and they yeah. get a touchback and they got the ball in the 20. Because if he catches the interception, he's probably going to fall right there and he's probably going to touch DJ Chark and he's going to be down at the four yard line. Um, it won't look good on Jared Goff's stat sheet, but as far as the game go, it would have been better than punting and then, you know, they get the ball to 20. And I don't feel like the like I the thing that made it bad was how late he threw the ball. Yeah. Right. If he have threw the ball on time and gave DJ Chark a chance, I think it would have been better. But when you throw it that late, you give the safety way too much time to get over the top. And he came in and made the play. Luckily for the Lions, he can't catch the ball. But like I said, it probably would have worked out better if he would have caught it because he would have been down at probably the four-yard line. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The classic arm punt from the quarterback. Final thing to just kind of round up the offense. Amon Ross St. Brown. Only 76 yards, but 10.9 yards per reception catches seven of eight targets. He just moves the chains, moves the chains, moves the chains. And if they needed him to do more, he would have. But again, given the game flow, the situation, he did exactly what they needed him to do. And just tip your hat to Amon Ross St. Brown. He is so special. Yeah. I mean, I said this earlier in the season on one of the podcasts. I think it was when we were playing the Vikings, I think earlier. And I was like, you know, Amon had that streak going of consecutive games with eight, I think, plus catches or however many it was. And, you know, we played the Vikings. I think that's when the streak got broken, right? And I told him, I was like, well, you know, we, we don't really want – like, we we love the eight catches. Don't get me wrong. But it's more so about the yards that he's getting when he gets those. We can get him eight catches for 40 yards and it's not – uh, impact on the game right but if he can get eight catches for 80 yards 90 yards now like you say he's averaging a first down so when you look at today seven catches for how many yards you say 76 76 like you say so he's averaging a first down every time he touches the ball so that moves the chains that keeps the clock going that keeps the defense on the field that keeps your offense on the field that keeps your defense rested and it keeps their offense off the field right so if you're if their offense is off the field and you don't turn the ball over it's very difficult for them to score right so i'm more interested in stuff like that i don't care if he has like i think it was last week he may have only had four catches for 55 yards that's averaging a first down and keeping the chains moving and keeping our offense on the field. So I like that role from Amon Rice St. Brown. If we need him to do more, of course, but if we can keep the games in situations where we don't need him to go up top and, you know, try to 
out jump somebody. We just need you to work the middle, give key first downs, and let's just keep the chains moving. And we're going to eventually score points with the play action and how we're calling plays and doing things. So I love that role from him. And he's he's been relishing in it. He's getting back healthy. You see it. You see the separation in his routes. And Jared Goff feels comfortable with him. And it, they're, they're, they they all just flow beautifully when they when they just play together with the run game, the play action game. And it's been a beautiful thing. Giants defense also took a blow early in the game. Lions lose Jeff Akuda. Giants lose cornerback one Adoree Jackson on a punt return. Richie James, the wide receiver, who's kind of their third, fourth, fifth receiver, depending on the week in the matchup. He fumbles too much, so he gets benched as a punt returner, and they put Adoree Jackson back there. What are your thoughts about having the star corner as the punt returner is that something that you are okay with situationally or i mean i feel like this right here man you 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 can't play the game afraid of injuries injuries are a part of the game that just is what it is right we've seen great hall of famers Deion sanders was they, they put him back there to return punts right are they putting him in harm's way by getting tackled of course but they're also taking a chance of him being dynamic and changing the game, right? So that's just something that you have to battle with. If, you're, if your philosophy is like, hey, man, we, we want to be explosive on special teams, right? I, it, you, I can just put somebody back there that's sure-handed, right, to say, hey, we may not ever return a punt. Just catch the ball, and long as the next play is first and 10 for the offense, I'm okay with that. Then you get some people that's like, hey, man, there's there's opportunity. We saw the Jets lose a game, lose a game in the last 15 seconds because they punted the ball and the guy from New England takes it back for a touchdown. Right. So you have some coordinators that feel like, hey, there's opportunity for us to be explosive on special teams. So I want guys back there that can make plays for us. And if I have to put a corner back there, that's the best at the job. Then that's what I do. You take the risk of him getting injured, and today, that's what happened to Dory Jackson. That's just your philosophy is your philosophy. You hope that you have somebody that's dynamic that can get the job done so you don't have to put him back there. But at the end of the day, injuries are a part of football, and you can't coach the game being afraid of someone getting hurt. And that's kind of where I stand, too, is it's not ideal. Of course, in a perfect world, you would have someone who just returns punts and they are perfect at it. They are dynamic. They are sure-handed. But that's just not reality in the NFL. And so when the wide receiver one goes back to return punts, because Tyreek Hill does it all the time, no one bats an eye. And he is a far bigger star than Adoree Jackson. But because it's a corner this time, that's when everyone kind of freaks out about it. And for me, it's just, okay, well, yeah, you took the loss here and he's injured, but you almost lost games because the former guy was fumbling it away. So that's not acceptable. Right. I mean, I totally agree. And like you said, they put Tyreek Hill back there and they trust, you know, Tyreek Hill is going to make good, good decisions. And that could be the difference maker, right? When you're an offensive guy, you run with the ball all the time. You avoid guys trying to tackle you all the time. So you understand when to get out of bounds, when to get down, when to do these things. 
as a cornerback, you don't really do that all the time. You only get to really run the ball when you catch an interception, you get a turnover, right? So you don't get tackled as much as wide receivers get to do. So Tyreek Hill being back there may have a better feel or understanding of, uh, and then you put a corner back there and he's just kind of not the same. So he takes a hit that maybe he didn't need to take. But at the end of the day, like I said, you you can't coach the game being afraid of injuries. I'm trying to win on Sundays. And if unfortunate events happen in the process, that's just part of the game. But I can't just say, all right, I'm not going to put anybody back there. Just punt the ball and wherever it falls is where it falls. You know what I'm saying? It's just kind of like, or do you say, hey, Adore, go back there and catch the ball, but fair catch it every time. But when you need a big play and they punt it, and he got 15 yards of running room, but he fair catched it. You're like, oh, you should have returned it and got 15, 20, 30 yards. Could have possibly took it back. We needed a big return right there. So I just feel like you got to coach the game how you coach it. If unfortunate events happen, they just happen. Especially, and this is what I thought your answer would be, especially if you believe, as you and I do, that there are three phases of the game and special teams is one-third of the game so yeah you can be upset that it was a special teams play people were upset when rob gronkowski broke his forearm on a special teams play blocking for kick like blocking a field goal or an extra point but you need those players to do it you can't just have the third tight end or the fourth fifth wide receiver because a lot of time that player rotates throughout the roster special teams matter they do Big time. And it might not, yeah, they're not going to score you 25 points a game. But when you need that timely stop or you need that timely play, like I said, the Patriots are celebrating right now because of a special teams. Like, imagine if that gets called back for holding and then they lose the game. You know what I'm saying? Just all, like special teams, when, when they come into play, they come into play. And fun, funny enough, just final thing on this special teams talk it, or talking point, Amon Ross St. Brown goes back to return punts up sometimes too, and he's the wide receiver one. So again, this is something the Lions do, something all teams do when they need it, when they need a play, you'll move players around. Like the Falcons did today, Cordero Patterson doesn't always return kicks, but when they need a play, he is the best kick returner in NFL history. And he takes one to the house, you know what I'm saying? You see one, you see him get tripped up. So that lets you know that he's losing a, a little step, but he's still fast enough, talented enough, special enough as a returner to take one to the house. And, I mean, he's been doing it for a long time. He still continues to do it, and he helped lead, uh, you know, help Atlanta get the big win over Chicago. So, and it's just happy. incredible when you see guys that just have they some guys just have a knack for it, they just got a talent for it, and you got to take that risk because yeah, you may put him back there and he may go 10, 15, 20 returns without taking one to the house, and then all of a sudden they break one, and you're like, That's why you're special, that's why you're back there. So he did a phenomenal job today and helped them help them get a win. And we're also pretty happy to see the Bears lose, they fall to three and eight. Packers, we know, we talked about it. They lost on Thursday, so they fall to four and seven. Lions, second in the NFC North at four and six. They jump ahead of the Packers in the standings, and 
If the Cardinals lose to the 49ers, they also jump ahead of them. Now it's Washington and Atlanta and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Those are some of the obstacles in the way for the Lions to make the playoffs. But it's possible, especially now the Giants, who had a lead in the playoffs, they take an L. It's wide open. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, like I said, when you look at those Giants game, you know, this is why it's important to win early in the season, right? Because you look at the Lions, you look at the Giants. The Giants already have seven wins. The Lions only have four. So they're still three games behind the Giants, right? So with only Lions are four and six, so they only got seven games left to play, right? So with those seven games, they have to win, you know, at least six out of the seven to try to get to 10, and hopefully the Giants lose four out of seven. So they get stuck. Well, they – I mean, the Giants, you're right, because they both get the 10. The Lions should win because they got the head-to-head tiebreaker, right? So that means the Giants got to lose four out of their last seven, right? That that becomes tough. Um, but that's what happens when you win early. The pressure's on the Lions to win, you know, four or five out of the last seven, and the Giants got to lose four. You know what I'm saying? So, like, they could go ahead and give Minnesota the – division already like they're eight and one yeah you know the lines are four games back four and a half game back because they lost the first game like i don't see minnesota losing four games the rest of the season just for you know what i'm saying like i just don't see that happening it could but i don't feel like you just stumble up on eight and one I mean, you're eighting one because you're a good football team. <laughs> like, you know, there's a you're a good football team. So it's gonna be tough for the Lions, but they are playing well. They're playing better, and you know that's really what you want to see from a management standpoint. You know, I think you know week to week, people care about winning. The overall picture, you want to be in the playoffs, but at the end of the day, they're winning these last three weeks. Nobody thinks about the prior seven weeks when they were losing. Nobody's thinking about that. They're just, they won last week. They won the week before. They won this week like the Lions are on the roll. Nobody thinks about those times when they were losing. So you wanted to get wins. If you end up in the playoffs, great. But week to week, you just want to focus on getting a win. And the Lions have done that the last three weeks. They have put together three in a row. Dan Campbell's second win on the road lots to like about that some stuff to not so much be happy about Matthew Stafford he leaves the Rams game with a concussion his second concussion potentially in three games we with Matt wish Matthew Stafford a speedy recovery and the Rams fall to three and seven behind the Saints not to it's it's an a tough transition point but the Rams are now three and seven. The Lions would be picking fourth overall with that pick from the Rams. And with Matthew Stafford, multiple concussions, I just want the best for him. This yeah, Rams will, team, though, is. I wouldn't be surprised if Stafford goes on IR. That's what I'm I mean, hoping for. And I, and I, I, it's tough to say that because people will yeah, think. I mean, two, two concussions in, in, in three weeks. Um, it's not good. 
and you're out of the playoff race. Your season is done. I, I Cooper Cup's hurt, so your offense isn't, you know, like I would. I I, I don't see them. Like he's gonna miss the next two weeks. Yeah. Right. I mean, I just think that's just a precautionary thing, right? We saw him with Tua. Yeah, his second concussion wasn't as, you know, bad looking as Tua's, but at the end of the day, it's still two concussions in the last two games you played in, right? So I think just from a public standpoint, he's going to miss the next week. May, you know, like you miss this week and you lose again. Now you go from three and you're three and eight right now, right? Three and seven or three and eight. You lose another game. Now you, like, you're not going to get in the playoffs. Like I said, your number one target and wide receiver, Cooper Cup's out. Odell Beckham's not going to sign with you guys. Y'all don't have a shot at the playoffs. I just think it's just one of those seasons where you won the Super Bowl last year. You had the Super Bowl hangover. It is real thing. And you just chalk it up and you waste it. You know, a year of Aaron Donald coming back to play, you know, signing and getting Bobby Wagner and trying to stack a good defense. I just wasted a year. I mean, it sucks, but that's just how it is. But I I think Stafford misses the next two games. And, you know, if they don't get a win these next two games, I think they just put him on IR and just shut him down because he's been getting beat up all year. You know, lack of a prote- protection from the O line, just been getting hit a lot, and I think you just put him on IR and let him sit out the rest of the year, and hopefully that fire is lit, and they come back and have a great off season and make a run at it next year. Thank you for putting that so eloquently, because as a Lions commentator, people are going to think, "Well, you just want him on, on IR so that the Rams lose." No, I I don't care about that. I care more about Matthew Stafford and his health. That is my concern. So I'm glad you put it so well, because just protect the guy. It's a lost season. There's no reason to put anyone's health in jeopardy right? ever, especially in this season. So thank you for putting that so well. Rest of the NFC though, Eagles almost lose again. And you know, they've got Indomitian and Sue and Linval Joseph. They're still learning. And I also think There's a famous quote by Mr. Mike Tyson that everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Mm -hmm. Jeff Saturday's been coming out and punching teams in the mouth, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I think he's been doing a great job. You know, I think I think that loss last week for the Eagles was the best thing that could have happened to him. And I think this game right here was another good thing that could happen to him. The chances of you going 17 and 0 and going 3 and 0 in the playoffs and winning the Super Bowl is slim to none. Not saying that it can't happen at some point. I feel like it has to happen, but it hasn't happened in a lot of years. So I wouldn't say and say it's gonna happen right now. So for the Eagles team, you good. You came out, you won eight, seven, eight, nine, eight games in a row. Cool. Like it's it's nothing wrong with at this point in the year, you know, going on a two or three week struggle, right? To where you just regain folks the pressure, the questions, week in and week out, going undefeated. You know, doing this, doing that, like that, that that becomes a lot. So, no, you don't ever want to lose a game, but I'm sure they'd rather lose in week 11 than to lose in week two of the playoffs, right? So, they lost to the Redskins. The Redskins are playing good right now. Um, I mean, not Redskins, I'm sorry. The Commanders. Um, 
They lost to those guys. Those guys are playing good right now, but they're still ahead in the East. You know, they get a struggle today, but they found a way to win. That's what good teams end up doing. And, you know, it'll just refocus those guys and they'll be fine. But I think I think they're glad that they lost. Um, they won't say it, but I think they are glad that they lost to take that pressure off. And now they can just focus on trying to get healthy, as healthy, playing as good a ball, clinch their division because their division, you know, the Giants were right there. They lost, took a step back. Cowboys, I don't know what they're doing, but they're playing against the Vikings. So it's going to be a tough win for them on the road. Um, but they, the, 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 the Eagles were able to get a win. So that bumps them up to nine and one right now. So it helps them refocus and will probably help them more down the stretch. It's just hard to win in the NFL every single week, no matter who the opponent is. You cannot take any win for granted. Buffalo Bills. They put the work in today, and they blow out the Browns in our home stadium. I think they are going back to Buffalo tonight and then coming back to Detroit on Wednesday. Interesting. I mean, it's a short trip. So, I mean, I think, you know, if they were playing, you know, across, you know, anywhere other than Detroit, I think it would be different. But, I mean, I think it's only like a 30-minute flight from Detroit to Buffalo. It's, oh. it's not a long <laughs> flight at all. Um, so, if they got means to be able to get in safely, you know, and because I'm pretty sure they've been working on that, right? Can we get our players in safely? Can we get them home safely? You know, can we get back and forth to practice safely? Um, all those different things. Um you know, if they can do that, then I think, yeah, they're going to go back home. But I think if it would have been an issue where they felt like it's going to be tough for us to get back in, it's just way too much snow or, you know, our players are going to struggle trying to get back and forth. It's probably just easier to to stay in Detroit than they would have done that. But I don't think the traveling played a part in it because it's such a short. Like I used to love flying to Buffalo for the last preseason game when we will play them because it's a short flight. You're going to be back in no time, and you're going to be out there in no time. So the travel part of it is pretty easy for those guys. Yeah, I didn't realize just how short of a flight that was. So, okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Buffalo will be back on Wednesday. I will be at that game. Unfortunately, probably won't see Jeff Akuda, which hopefully he heals up soon. By missing the Thursday game, though, that does give him 10 whole days to get fully healthy. So, Well, I mean, he'll get... A lot. They get, you know, he get this whole week, mm-hmm. and then he have all the way up until the next week, um, you know, because he can practice. If he's feeling fine, he'll be able to practice, and then he won't have to see the independent neurologist guy to maybe Friday. So he have plenty of time to to get back, you know, to where he sees the independent guy. The Vikings are losing. Ooh. Ten, ten, three. Ooh. 10-3. How the turntables. Second quarter. But the Cowboys back us against the wall, right? They lost to they lost a game that they should have won last week against Green Bay. You know, so you lose to a team that you should have beat. Now you got to go beat a team that you probably shouldn't beat. And you got to go on the road again. So the Eagles won. The Giants lost. If you take you get this win, you probably move up to second place because the Giants are gonna be seven and three. Well, yeah, you beat the Giants. Cowboys beat the Giants. So, 
Cowboys get this win, they'll be seven and three. They'll probably be second in the East. They get the loss right here. They're gonna they're gonna move down, and and and, and you know the the Commanders will be even in more striking distance because they get a win today. So they probably have five wins now, or six maybe. I can't remember exactly what they are. So the Cowboys got to win this game, um, and they're they're up right now ten three. As John Madden once said, the season doesn't start until Thanksgiving. There is a lot of football left, and I am excited to experience all of it with you, Glover. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a fun down the stretch. I mean, we see, you know, I saw something the other day where they were like every team from the East couldn't make the playoffs, right? You had the, the whole AFC East with the Bills, the Patriots, the Jets, and the Dolphins, and you got the whole NFC East, the Giants, the Cowboys, the the Eagles, and the Commanders, right? I saw something that said every team from the East – couldn't make the playoffs, although Dallas is not in the East, they're in the freaking West. But it is what it is. They're in the NFC East. Um, so it's gonna be some good games going on down the stretch because you know those teams are gonna have to play against each other. We're gonna get another Giants Cowboys matchup, we're gonna get another Eagles Cowboys matchup, we're gonna get another Eagles Commanders matchup. I think we're gonna get another Giants Eagles matchup. I think all those teams are gonna play each other. I don't think neither one of those teams have already played each other twice, right? We're going to get the same thing. We got the second matchup of the Patriots and the Jets today. We're going to get another Patriots-Dolphins matchup. We're going to get another Jets-Dolphins. Like, we're going to get some good games going on down the stretch. And then you're going to get those guys that are that are fighting for those wild card spots, right? You're going to get those those Lions Vikings games that you know we got to, we we're gonna have to win, right? You're going to get some of those games down the stretch, Cowboys. Not Cowboys, but Seahawks and 49ers again, right? Like those games are going to be huge games with big time playoff implications on the line, and so it's going to set up for a great after Thanksgiving season. It really is, and I cannot wait to experience it with you, Glober. Any final thoughts or pluggables to plug? Nah, man, just same old, same old, man. Keep plugging. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Um, it's a great, great time to watch some football. <laughs> it really is. Get together with your family. Enjoy yourself. Great time to watch some football. Great time to head over to our sponsors at betonline.ag. And until then, we will see you next time. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.